To grow your business and before you can execute any great sales process, you have to get leads first. Jesse Stoddard helps companies like yours get more clients, customers, and patients while increasing profits 24 hours per day. Jesse Stoddard here. Today, I'm going to ask you a question. Who are you losing profits to? Let's talk about the five competitive forces for profits that affect law firms. This is part two of a four-part series. If you missed the first one, uh, you might want to check that out. So first of all, there are five forces that compete for profits. We've got the obvious one, which is rivals, the negotiating power of suppliers, the negotiating power of buyers, threat of entry, and then, there, of course, there are alternatives and substitutes that a uh, potential client can choose from. So we're going to focus on which one you're losing profits to. And this, by the way, comes from the Five Competitive Forces for Profits by Michael Porter, which is in pretty much every MBA program, and uh, it's a really good resource to check out. The first major one is rivals. The second is the negotiating power of suppliers. The third is negotiating power of buyers. And then there's alternatives and substitutes. You might not think that's as much of a factor in the legal industry, but it is a factor and potentially more of one in the future. And then there's the threat of entry, which is new attorneys entering into the workforce daily. So first of all, which one are you losing profits to? Your individual law firm has a specific weakness. I know that. And you might need to ask yourself this question and really think hard about it to find out which one is specific to you. And this is what is keeping you from jumping up to the next level. If you're stuck at uh, under a million, you can't get to a million, this is probably why. Or if you've already reached a million or two or three, it's probably the thing that's keeping you from getting to the next million. And honestly, answer this question. Which of the five forces are you really competing against? The strategy that got you where you are may not beat all five anymore. Whatever got you to your current level of success may not be effective. So let's talk about rivals, what every attorney fears and talks about, which seems like incessantly talks about. First of all, with rivals, if a rivalry is intense, a company competes away profits by passing them on to buyers in the form of lower prices or dissipating it in higher costs of competing. Lower prices equals lower profits. Or you give away more value and you lose profits. Does your strategy effectively beat rivals? So we beat rivals in two different ways. First, we can track prospects on a daily basis in real time, and we can identify those prospects who are actively pursuing the outcome you sell. We can find them first before a rival, which is a major competitive advantage. And if you're first, you can frame the idea about what a solution should look like to your potential client. You control the perspective and the buying criteria. In the next video, by the way, I'm going to show you the two things that you need in order to maximize this. But for now, let's move on to the second way that we beat rivals. We do this by providing the data in the form of ownership. See, if you own and control the data, you can control the conversation. People don't buy from ad campaigns or from companies, by the way. People buy from people. So if you own and control the data, you can have conversations with people on multiple platforms and in multiple topics, anything you choose at any time. You can have as many conversations as you want in as any way you want and build that trust that's required. Trust is at the heart of the relationship. You don't have to sell your company. You can help them solve their problem first. Then they know what solution to choose. When I say sell your company, I don't mean literally sell it to some buyer. <laughs> I mean, sell yourself, sell your company. Hey, we're the best. If you're the one educating them, you're positioned better. 
And if you're the one educating them, you are also the one building trust and become the obvious choice. By the way, marketing is a dialogue. It's a conversation via your collateral, your web pages, etc. The goal of marketing is not to make a claim, we're the best, you know, use us. It's to foster a conclusion, to help people see what they don't see and understand what they don't understand. If you're the person that builds the trust, they're going to give you the sale. In order to beat rivals, you have to start the conversation first, build the relationship first, build the trust first. And prospects care only about their problem that they no longer want, or they care about the result that they want that they don't have yet. Next, we're going to talk about powerful suppliers, such as Google, Facebook, Avvo, FindLaw, Radio, TV, any of the media powerhouses. What we mean by this is powerful suppliers like Google and Facebook will charge higher prices or insist on more favorable terms, which thereby lowers your profits. This is going to happen inevitably over time. And do you have a solution to a powerful supplier? If they increase costs or if they change the rules, your profits are going to go down. So let's talk about overcoming powerful suppliers. We have and are platform agnostic. What I mean by that is I believe a lot of attorneys fall into what we term, what Dan Kennedy calls uh, marketing incest, <laughs> if you will, which is basically copying everybody else and doing only what they do. Now, you should use Google and Facebook, but you should have a strategy that enables you to get what you want without giving them power over you and control your profit. For example, if we have the targeting, the data, and it's portable, we can move it anywhere we want. We upload to Google and get phenomenal results. Google and Facebook work on a relevancy en engine. It's not about the highest bid. They want the ad to be relevant to the user. They the user is going to come back if the ads are relevant, and that means more opportunity for Google and Facebook to show more ads. If you show ads and you don't get a high click-through rate, they think it's irrelevant. Then you get charged more. If you show the ads to the needles in the haystack, however, you get a higher click-through rate and you get a lower cost per click, which results in a lower acquisition cost. Remember, price equals or profit equals price minus cost. We had that formula from before. That's something that is easy to forget, as simple as it is. There are other ways to be powerful suppliers, and that's just one example. So let's talk about powerful buyers. See, clients have more options than ever before. Powerful buyers will force prices down or demand more value from your company, thus capturing more of your profits. How do you offset this force? Well, how we do it. First, if we know who is in market, we don't have limited prospects to talk to and our pipeline stays full. If you play poker and have few chips, you're afraid to do anything. If you don't have a lot of leads, you're afraid of running out. You don't want to take any risk. You, you got to accept anybody that comes to your door. Their negotiating powers go away when they are one of many you can talk to. Second, if you are there first while the prospect is researching, then you have a positioning advantage. The prospect cares about their buying decision. It's human nature to make the best decision possible. People want to get something for their money. That's why they research. These are not simple purchases like at the checkout area at the supermarket with a pack of gum. You have to meet them first and foremost where they are, which is at the research phase of their problem. This dictates how you communicate with them. If you meet a woman in a bar and ask her to marry you, she's going to say no. She doesn't know you. She doesn't know if she can trust you. And you don't know anything about her. You have to meet her where she's at. She might want to meet a nice person. That's, that's it. That's all you know. The same thing is with your buyers. Now let's talk about threat of entry. New attorneys pass the bar exam every single day. Entry barriers protect an industry from newcomers who add new capacity. New law firms sprout up every day. So the faster and more pervasive you are in, the, in a market, the harder it is for new attorneys to break in. You raise the barrier to entry higher when your own 
when you own and control lead generation and you own and control lead generation with behavioral data plus identity resolution, knowing who the people are that are in market, people-based marketing. The better performing your market, your marketing, the more expensive a new law firm's advertisement becomes. It becomes more and more difficult for them to compete with that. And you can actually afford to spend more on advertising the higher your return on investment becomes, leaving your competitors hapless and helpless. Finally, we're going to talk about alternatives and substitutes. The future of law and technology is a little uncertain. Products or services that meet the same basic need as your company provides robbing your profits. No one knows what the future holds when it comes to technology and the law. And, but there's also something else to worry about. There's also the option of doing nothing, which many prospective clients decide to do. They might just choose not to you know, file the case at all. Now, how do you overcome all of this and bring it all together? Well, we're going to talk about the powerful only factor. There's such thing as appeal and there's exclusivity. There's two things that a prospective client wants. They, it needs to be something they desire and also something they can't just get from anybody. And that's your powerful only factor. You need to be able to identify your value proposition. How do you stack up against the others? If I'm your ideal prospect, why should I buy from you? You can't just say, we care about our clients. Everybody says that. If I see my hair is on fire and you can get there fast and you care, but you can't really put the fire out, I don't care. I need you to solve the problem. The greater the appeal and want and the greater the exclusivity, they can only get it from you, is a powerful only factor. You need to have your value proposition dialed in. I can help show you how to effectively identify your value proposition. Here's an example. You might match a, com a competitor in every area, but there's just one. Look at the one little, almost seemingly insignificant difference and focus in on that and expand upon it. As long as you have that one thing, you're okay. When does marketing start? Before the product is made. This is because you design the product to the customer need. Is it important, relevant, urgent? You have to think, where does your marketing start? Early. If you have an authentic value proposition, then clarity trumps persuasion. You have to educate and help people see and understand it before people will consider buying. Shop your own company. Call them up. Pretend you're a prospective client. Ask them a simple question. If I fit the profile of a, of a competitor, why should I choose you over somebody else? Finally, every prospect has a motivation that is an outcome. It is a solution to the problem. There is an outcome that they want. Thanks for listening to the Get Leads First podcast. To find more ways to generate leads for your business, visit getleadsfirst.com.